Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is August 26th. I am David Gasper, joined, as always, by Matt Carroll. And we are the guys at ReviewingTheBrew.com, covering all things brewers here on the Cold Brew Podcast. Got a great show lined up for you this week as we continue our tour through the minor leagues. Last week, we talked to Greg Young, the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Mudcats. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, head on back, listen to that uh, episode Get, get updates on all things down on down in Carolina uh, and on the Mudcats there. And this week, we're going we're moving from low A up north here to high A, moving up to Appleton, and we're talking some Timber Rattlers baseball. And who better to talk Timber Rattlers baseball with than Chris Meering, the play-by-play voice for... How long have you been the play-by-play voice there, Chris? Uh, 2000 was my first year, so it's... <laughs> You know, obviously 2020 doesn't count. So uh, <laughs> 21 seasons now. So uh, it's it's been a blast. So and uh, I didn't even have to leave to get a promotion up to another level. So that's, <laughs> that kind of worked all by itself. Yeah, it, it worked out pretty well uh, in your favor. And yeah, I've been around uh, mud or the Timber Adlers for yeah 21 years now, even before they were a Brewers affiliate. And I'm assuming now that they've been, a, I mean, they've been a Bruce affiliate for what, 12 some years now. Um, and I'm assuming that's kind of re, really kind of energized the, uh, the fan base around there in Appleton and, and getting more people out to games. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, just, uh, I mean, it was great when we were a Mariners affiliate, but it started to, uh, kind of taper off there towards the end. And then the, the Brewers, uh, opportunity came up and, uh, we set an attendance record our first year, and uh, you know it's been it's been an amazing year this year with everybody coming out to see uh, the the high A affiliates, the they're the high A players. Uh, basically, we they it, everybody saw the same guys we had at the end of the 2019 season, mostly because they all kind of got bumped up the level, and here they are back in Wisconsin. But uh, you know we just wrapped up a, a really good uh, homestand. We had over 4,000 people for all six games of of a series, and uh, now we've been on the road for two weeks, and with the uh, green and gold starting up, we hope people don't forget about us, and uh, we'll be home for two <laughs> weeks uh, starting on uh, Tuesday. But uh, it, the the fans are definitely there. Um, the fans coming up from Milwaukee have been great, and, and from around the state. It's not just a, a Fox Cities team or a northeastern Wisconsin team. It's it's really a, a, a statewide team, and, and Brewer fans from around the country have followed us as well. Plus, you know, the switch to the Utter Tuggers there didn't matters either. <laughs> um, no, you had the unique opportunity last year with no season to still be around the alternate training sites um, up in Appleton. What was it like um, kind of getting to experience that? I know you guys kind of kept busy with, um, you know, putting out some video content, which was great um, that we got to see in the meantime. But um, considering it was a lost season for most minor leagues, um, you guys at least got to have a little something going on. Yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't have fans come out. We were trying to work something out with Major League Baseball, but uh, just could not get the approval to have fans come out and see that. Um, the the one thing, uh, I, I still have a headache from the fake crowd noise that they have going <laughs> the whole day. Uh, it's just kind of a buzz. But aside from that, it was great. Uh, everything from seeing Tyrone Taylor again after, you know, I bump into him down at spring training when I could go to spring training, but I hadn't really been around him since, you know, every day since 2013, but watching him, uh, watching Dylan file, uh, Thomas Dillard, um, Edward Perez, uh, you know, and, and Bobby wall on the PA was something really special that I wish <laughs> everybody could have heard. Oh man, that does sound fantastic. Um, but yeah, the Hedbert Perez part—that's what really captures uh, at least my attention. Regular listeners are going to know I'm I'm a huge Hedbert Perez guy. Um, but yeah, you saw him there uh, at the alternate training site, and there were all these reports coming out. It's like, oh my god, like this this 17-year-old's just doing so incredible against this high-level pitching. What did you see from from your kind of limited looks at, at Hedbert? Well, the first play I saw him make, he was unaware that the fence down the right field line was as close as it was in foul territory, and he raced after a ball, and he flipped over it, and everyone's like, oh, no. <laughs> no. But, uh, no, I just his play, and I, we, did a, we did a video interview with him. We did these uh, videos called Taxi Squad Talk uh, last year, and uh, 
Edbert was one of the guys that we did last and, uh, boy, he was just so much fun and very polished media wise. Um, and so great. And, you know, I see he's doing really well down in the Arizona complex league and, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that he's just so young, but, uh, very advanced and hopefully he moves up the system. Um, and we'll get to see him in Wisconsin maybe next year. I don't know if we want to take him from Greg as quickly as we've taken some <laughs> of the other guys, uh, this year, but, uh, it's, it's going to be fun watching him develop and come up through the system. Yeah. We asked Greg about that last week. He's like, dude, like I need, <laughs> he was, he was so upset after losing out on Garrett Mitchell. It's like, you need to give us Hedbert Perez here. Like, come on. Um, yeah, but I mean, the, if he keeps on hitting like that, I mean, he's not going to stay at any level, uh, for super long. Um, speaking of a guy not staying at a level for super long, Garrett Mitchell, um, he started off the season with you guys up there in Wisconsin. I got, I got a chance to check out a couple of games with him there. Uh, saw his first career home run, by the way, seat like front row, right behind home plate, $15. Amazing. Like, if you get a chance, drive up to Appleton, head to a Timber Adlers game. It's You can get great seats for pretty cheap. Um, I might have even had better seats than you, Chris. <laughs> Probably did. Yeah, but uh, Garrett Mitchell, you had him for 28 games. Uh, he was ridiculous, hitting 359, over a 500 on base percentage, uh, five homers, 12 stolen bases. Uh, what what did you see and what did you uh, really kind of learn about Garrett Mitchell and his time with the Timber Rattlers? Well, the, the play that really sticks out to me for Garrett Mitchell is from opening day. Um, and it was the last play of the game. The Rattlers were up mm. two. It's the top of the ninth inning. Uh, Beloit has the tying run at second. He comes in, makes the catch and throws back to second and uh, doubles the guy off second. And he wasn't that far off second base to begin with. But. Um, just a great heads up defensive play that ends the ball game. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of center fielders come through, um, neuroscience group field. And there, there's a lot of room out there in right center. And usually there's a ball that's hit to right center. It's like, oh, that's, that's a double, that's a triple that's going to fall in no problem. And really the only players that I've ever seen run that down have been players like, Byron Buxton or Carlos Gomez when he's been up here on uh, on Major League Rehab assignments. But Garrett Mitchell, like a couple of times, there's balls hitting the gap. Oh, that's a hit. And he would run it down. And I'm like, going, wow, that's that's special. And uh, and you know, Corey Howell would be the same way, too. So, I mean, we've had some really great center fielders come through this year in 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 Garrett Mitchell and Corey Howell, who I'm guessing you're going to probably ask about in a little bit. But um, Garrett was just uh, an amazing defensive player. And then, you know, he's he's hitting the ball and uh, can steal bases and just in the lineup, just something really special. And Brewer fans are really going to like seeing him. I, th- I think everybody got a taste of him at spring training this year. Um, and we'll see how that all goes uh, as the Brewers uh, have him move up the system. Yeah, I know one of the knocks, if you if you will, was uh that Garrett Mitchell in college hadn't produced a lot of that in-game power yet, that he had a lot of the raw power, um, but that it just wasn't translating to games. Now, he had, you know, those five homers in uh, the games with Wisconsin. Um, What did you see in terms of that, you know, either, you know, before games or during batting practice or anything like that? Is that something that, you know, like a lot of uh, Brewers coaches seem to think will develop for him? Yeah, I think it is going to develop. I mean, he hit some balls in batting practice that were just kind of amazing, but he's not there to just hit home runs. I mean, he's he's it's going to come, but he can do do stuff with his speed, with, uh, you know, finding the gap and going extra bases. Home runs are great, uh, but if you can get on base and, and keep an inning moving, guys like that, too. So, I mean, the system likes that as well. So um, the power is going to develop. Um, he's got some pop and I would not worry about, uh, just a lack of home runs right now at this level for him. So it's something that it's going to take some time to, to come around, but, uh, just let it play out naturally. Yeah. And I mean, if you try too hard for the home runs, you're just going to end up sacrificing the, the batting average and the on-base ability. And, you know, there, there's no real reason to, to do that because, I'd like to see him hit 300 some too, you know, like that's, it's always fun to see. 
Yeah, and and plus when he's on base, he's a threat to steal just about any time too. So I mean, if he walks or gets on base with a single, he can steal second and be in scoring position for the next guy. And there's enough guys in the system right now uh, at this level and uh, a little bit above us that are able to drive in runs. So, um, you know, just get on base, and uh, that's one of the keys uh, to this this Timber Rattlers team. And I think what's been going on down in Carolina, just following them, they've been getting guys on base. And it's not the same guy driving in, you know, it's not the same guy hitting the home runs and it's not the same guy knocking in three or four runs a night. It's a different guy every night. So, and that's been true at the major league level too. I mean, uh, it's, it's a system wide thing where you, you can't just depend on one guy to hit a home run and, and win a game. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, getting on base and, Stealing bases. There's been a lot of stolen bases down in Carolina this year, including from some unexpected guys like Ernesto Martinez. Um, but yeah, Garrett Mitchell has that uh, speed threat, getting on base and and stealing some bases. Speaking of stolen base threats, <laughs> David Hamilton, probably the biggest stolen base threat we've seen since Billy Hamilton. It's it's something with the last name Hamilton. I don't know, but 41 stolen bases. With the Timber Rattlers, it's one thing to see in scouting reports, oh, this guy's got 80-grade speed. But to see it in person, that 80-grade speed from David Hamilton, what was it like seeing him there just running wild on absolutely everybody? Well, I kind of knew what we had uh, when he stole six bases in one game. And he just <laughs> was, that was that going, I mean, just every time he, he'd steal second, steal third. And, and the thing is, he's getting on base, too, with that. And, mm-hmm. um, plus, uh, he's playing, a, he was playing a really good defensive middle infield. He was switching second and short with Hayden Cantrell, mainly a shortstop. And, and the crazy thing about, about David Hamilton is, you know, he missed a season at Texas and then he missed a senior season at Texas in, in, in 2020. And, um, you know, just kind of came out and played a little uh, independent ball uh, in 20 uh, in in 2020. I should say in 2019, I think it was. And then in 2020, he wound up uh, playing down in Texas in a little independent league. So he hadn't really played a lot of uh, competitive baseball. But to to come out at the level he was at, fully healthy, and just go at it, um, you know, and and he had, I mean, it was pretty much green light whenever he wanted to go based on the game situation. So, um, he's getting on base. He was hitting some home runs. Uh, he was, uh, doing a great job and, uh, fans are really going to like him. Um, he's, you know, I think that, uh, Garrett down in, uh, Biloxi has got a chance to see him for a little bit too. And he's got to be really impressed with how, uh, David Hamilton has been doing. Yeah. And, um, Speaking of an, another name you brought up, um, Hayden Cantrell is a speedster in his own rights, um, 28 steals that he had, um, and another 2020 draftee that you got to see early. Um, batting average was a little low for him, but he did get on base almost 40% of the time with you guys. Um, you know, what did you see in his developments in his first pro season? He walked a lot. I mean, 77 walks, I think it was in, uh, in the season he was leading high a, he was third in all of minor league baseball. Um, you know, I think one of the things we've talked with, with Matt Erickson about with Hayden was, you know, the batting average might not be there, but the process scores and the at bats and the number of pitches that he sees in every at bat, um, is just kind of amazing. Uh, his last week with the timber rattlers he actually went i think it was 15 pitches without swinging and <laughs> so i mean a couple of them ended in in called strike threes but they were it was like a bunch of three two counts and you know and then i gave garrett a little uh heck about this because i saw that uh the first pitch he saw at double a hayden cantrell hit a triple so i mean <laughs> <laughs> his last his last week with Wisconsin, he doesn't swing the bat. He goes down to double A and he gets a triple on the first pitch he sees. So, but Hayden is is really good uh, defensively as well. Um, he probably is not the 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 stolen base threat that that David Hamilton is, but to tell the truth, who is? Um, <laughs> but once and there were a couple of times too. I mean, uh, Hayden was was snake bit a little bit where he would hit a ball uh, right at a fielder. Uh, hit it hard at somebody. 
but once that uh, once the hits start to fall and uh, the walks start to stay at the level or maybe he gets hits instead of walks i think uh, the brewers have a really nice player in in Hayden Cantrell yeah he really um he had the well, I think 28 stolen bases, I think with you guys. And yeah, I think he started off the season with you too, with like a triple down the line or like double triple down the line uh, with the timber Adlers. And of course he goes to Biloxi and does the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, really interesting to see from him there. And on base percentage, 200 points higher than a batting average. You just don't <laughs> see that very often. Um, but yeah, 77 walks, uh, a ridiculous amount, but yeah, really good kind of all-around player. Really excited to see what he can do uh, there in Double A. Uh, you guys have had a. It seems like a crowded outfield. Like you've had like four or five like really good outfield prospects um, at all times. We've talked about Mitchell. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about Corey Howell, who's been there uh, pretty much all year. Howell's a you know he was a twelfth round twelfth round pick. It was kind of, you know, up and down. Didn't really have any, like, super impressive seasons uh, previously in the minor leagues. But uh, it seems like he took the the 2020 season and really uh, improved himself. And he's had a really strong season for you guys. Yeah, Corey Howell, I saw him, uh, you know, in 2019. He was with us. And uh, you, you could tell there was something there, but it was very raw. And uh, he... I think the Brewers really thought that he would develop as well. And in 2020, he just got, got after it. He played independent ball for uh, the Joliet uh, league. Uh, that's right by uh, Chicago. And uh, he had, uh, I mean, the numbers might not have been great down there, but he worked on a lot of stuff and he uh, came into spring training. And uh, that was the first, he was, you know, even ahead of, of uh, like Garrett Mitchell and, and Hayden Cantrell and a few other guys. He was the guy that the Brewers said, you're going to want to see Corey Howell and he's going to just kind of light this place up. And, you know, he was not rated as a top 30 prospect. Um, and I saw him play for two weeks. I'm like, oh, and he's going to be on the list. Uh, you know, he's going to jump on that list by when they do their midseason update. And sure enough, he's all the way up. Uh, I think he's like in the top 15 now after being off the list. And um, I mean, Corey is just a great great kid too and and fun to be around and just it was he can play center right left he's played second third short um you know he'll he'll play where they want him to he's got a lot of pop he's got uh just speed and just the the total package and uh, i know it's starting it's taken a little while to to come together at double a for him but once he makes the adjustment there like he did making the jump to to pro ball from junior college ball uh, fans are really going to enjoy watching him as well. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that he's, he's got a lot of you know, all around qualities, um, but what's maybe one of the biggest differences you notice in him from 2019 to now? Boy, I would say, um, I would just say experience to tell you the truth. I mean, it, you come out of junior college and you, and you jump right into pro ball. And, and sometimes the, the pitchers obviously are a little bit better and uh, they know how to pitch you or they, they're they trying to work stuff and, and you're trying to figure things out. And maybe the, the pitchers you're facing have a little bit more experience as well. But uh, Corey got in there and uh, like I said, he, he got some experience uh, in, in 2019 with the Timber Rattlers and just uh, was able to turn some stuff around. I, I wouldn't say it was any big swing adjustment or, you know, got in the best shape of his life or anything like that. I think he just uh, was able to uh, take what he had learned through the, the 2020 shutdown and, and apply it to 2021, and it was just something really special. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's turned out pretty well. For him this year, uh, another guy in that outfield who has um, he he hasn't quite had um, at least the season on par with what we saw from him in rookie ball. But Carlos Rodriguez, um, you know, he's a guy also kind of a little bit of a speedster um, on base ability type guy. Not going to have much for power, um, but uh, what have you seen from Carlos Rodriguez in his first foray into uh, a ball? Well, right now he leads the team in multi-hit games. He's got 20 hit or 20 multi-hit games this season. He's had uh, 
a couple of three hit games already in the, in this last weekend. I think he's he had a, a three hit game on on Sunday. He had a another uh, three hit game last Saturday. He had two hits uh, in uh, the first game of the doubleheader last night, and um, he's just he's a really advanced hitter um, for his age. And and I and I had to like look at the 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 roster just to remind myself that he's only 20. He's not going to turn 21 until well after the season. So he's, he's doing this at, at the high A level as a 20 year old. And I think people should be taking notice of what he's been able to accomplish this year at, at such a young age at, at such an advanced level. And uh, I, I really like how, how he just approaches the game too. I mean, he'll, he'll DH one day, he'll play center one day and lead off. He'll bat sixth and play left. He'll, He'll hit, uh, you know, like seventh and play right just anywhere in the lineup you put him or anywhere in the field you put him. And he's just going to go out there and produce and, and give you some really good at bats. And, uh, you know, he's he's going to go out there and compete. And I think uh, there was a comeback earlier this season. The, the Rattlers needed a couple of runs late and uh, he was up with two outs against a pretty good closer. And and uh, he comes through with a base hit to extend the inning and winds up scoring uh, a big run and the Rattlers wind up winning late. And uh, I was talking to some guys after I'm like, going, you know, did you, did you think you had a chance there? And you know, everybody's going to say they have a chance, but the, the person I asked goes, we always have a chance when Rodriguez is at the plate with a, with a big hit on the line and, and he'll, he's going to come through most of the time for us. So when the other players have that much belief in you, I, I think uh, the people who watch every day should have that much belief in him as well. So then to keep the outfield theme going and keep the theme going from last week, we of course have to talk about Joe Gray. Um, he got his promotion up to you guys, had a little bit of a slow start, but now he seems to be kind of um, in back in the swing of things. He had a, a multi-homer game last night. Um, and by the way, had a, um, YouTube kind of mic'd up session with you guys. That was absolutely hilarious. If anyone can find that, go watch it. That guy, I just, I love this guy. Um, what have you seen out of him, uh, in his kind of high A debut? Well, he probably should have had three home runs last night, but the wind knocked one down and he only got a double on it last night in, in game in the second game of the doubleheader. But, uh, you know, his approach is just so much fun. And I know uh, Kyle Loebner, who does the postgame podcasts with me, he went down to Instructs a couple of years ago and talked to Joe Gray because Joe had been, uh, you know, a high draft pick and, and was on prospect lists. And we thought maybe we would see him in 2019. So Kyle went down and did a story on him and we didn't get him in 2019 because obviously he was still having some uh, issues uh, developing, getting past uh the, the the lower levels in the Brewer system, but wow, he just turned it on in uh, in Carolina this year. It was fun just asking Greg what was going on with with Joe Gray down there and getting the responses. And then when he told me you're gonna love watching Joe Gray play, and and he wasn't lying, I'll tell you that much <laughs> because he's uh, he's hit some balls off the bat that are just kind of I mean it it sounds a lot different and. He hit a ball to the Ferris wheel last night, and that's kind of a poke here in Quad Cities. So, um, and plus, on top of that, he takes a lot of pride in his defense as well. I mean, he's got the arm that he likes to show off out there in center field. Um, just really good approaches at the plate. And uh, and he jumped from, he went from being on those top 30 prospect lists to off, and now he's back in the top 10 now after just a, a great season down in Carolina. He's got, what, 19 home runs now between Carolina and Wisconsin. Um, I think he's got over 80 RBI now between both places. And, uh, you know, we were were talking a little bit about it. I I think he's got a real nice shot at some awards coming up at the end Mm -hmm. of the season. So, um, yeah, Joe Gray is another one people should check out. I mean, we've only got 12 home games left, folks. Uh, You're going to want to get out there to to see uh, Joe Gray play as a timber rattler because, the way he's going, he might start next season at, at double A. Yeah, and Biloxi's a pretty far drive from Appleton. <laughs> <laughs> pretty far drive indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joe Gray, I mean, with, when, with what Greg was saying about him, I mean, just, you know, just kind of absolutely became 
uh, a fan favorite uh, down there in, in Carolina where it's like, you know, almost like, you know, he came up, you know, before they even announced him, the crowd was getting on their feet, expecting something uh, amazing to happen. You know, is, has Joe Gray kind of become a, a similar kind of fan favorite up there in Appleton? Uh, not yet. Um, but if he has any more games like he had uh, last night uh, in Quad Cities and does that over the last week, definitely people are going to be remembering when they saw him play in Wisconsin. So uh, it's it's been it's been fun. You know, that that's the, the privilege I get uh, is I get to travel this year and I get to see every game that these guys play where the folks at home are trying to understand what I'm saying on the radio or read the recap on the on the website. So. But, uh, yeah, fans should definitely come out and see him. And uh, I think they're going to all remember when when he played with Wisconsin. Yeah, and that's one of the cool parts about the the minor leagues. Like you have some of these guys coming through um, and, you know, they're, like they're going to be the future stars in in baseball. And it's just kind of remember, it's like, hey, I saw this guy for five dollars for ten dollars when he was just in, in a ball before he was a, a huge name got an autograph, got a picture with him or whatever before he was a huge name. Um, that's one of the really cool things about, about minor league baseball and especially how close uh, fans can get uh, to the players and, and how uh, you can really kind of see them in a different atmosphere than you would at American Family Field or, or wherever else. Um, another outfielder uh, that you guys have had that I want to talk about is Javon Ward. Uh, he's kind of been, you know, outfielder, DH type, but he was another guy who was kind of a, a little bit of a later draft pick, kind of a little bit of a late bloomer, uh, but has really come on strong, kind of similar to how Corey Howell has performed really well this year. Yeah, Javon, I mean, he started out the season great. He's had the longest hitting streak on the team. He had a 17-game hitting streak at the end of uh, May in the middle of June. Uh, he hit for the first cycle in team history um, a couple of weeks ago in Beloit. Uh, he had a triple on his first at bat. He had a double in his second at bat. And he had a single in his third at bat. And he came up uh, for the fourth time and he's hit a home run. So I mean, it's like <laughs> going, wow, that's uh, that's pretty cool to see the first cycle in team history. Uh, um, and, and Javon's a, a you know, very good uh, hitter. He has made some great contact. Um, you know, occasionally we'll get some exit velocities uh, from uh, the, the track man uh, when we're at home. And Javon is always like up in triple digits, uh, always one of the hardest hit balls of the night. Um, he hit a ball. Uh, I think it was like it was like a, a line drive out for like 106 miles an hour. He's always kind of been um, at the top with that exit velocity. And uh, he's also hit one of the longest home runs I've ever seen at, at our ballpark, which is, is is saying something. But it uh, it cleared the uh, the right field home run porch and he had a very impressive bat flip on it. And I'm giving him a little heck for that, too. But he's I'm like going, hey, you hit it like that. You should be able to bat flip. And he was pretty <laughs> proud of that. So but no, I like Javon a lot and uh, just. Uh, fun to see him develop too from where he was at uh, in 2019 to here in 2020. It's crazy that that's the first cycle in history, considering how many good hitters have come through that franchise, not just as an affiliate of the Brewers. So um, quite an accomplishment by him. Uh, one non outfielder that I did want to ask about a little bit, um, who also just got a promotion is Thomas Dillard. Um, bit of a free swinger, um, but also uh had the most home runs on the team with 16. Um, we've talked a little bit at length uh, on this podcast about how corner infield depth in the Brewers organization is something that's a little bit light. Um, but we've got Dillard, who can play a few different positions. I know he's DH'd uh, quite a bit as well. Um, but what do he's on the top 30 for the Brewers? What do Brewers fans see when they get to watch a player like him? Well, I just talked about the exit velocity for Javon Ward, and uh, if there's anybody that has hit the ball harder this year, it's been uh, Thomas Dillard. He's hit it. I think he had he had a game where he hit uh, the ball over a hundred miles an hour four times, uh, and and just you know I talked about the long home run by uh, by Javon. That seemed like it was every time that Dillard hit one. Um, and plus he would come up with some, some home runs and some big spots. He had a walk-off home run in, in game two of a double header earlier this year, uh, and, and plays a decent first base. I mean, he cleaned up some errors with some good scoops over there. 
Uh, it's it's something that's coming along. He did catch a few games. I know the Brewers want to have that in his uh, tool bag as well. Um, he played some outfield when he first came up with Wisconsin in 2019, but didn't venture out there this year because, as you guys have noted already, it's kind of a crowded outfield situation. But, uh, you know, first base, um, I think that might be a good spot for him. Um, he's He just looks like a ball player, and he just uh, is uh, going to hit the ball hard, and uh, good things are going to happen when he puts it in play. He looks like a typical Brewers first baseman with what they've been <laughs> yeah, going does. after. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at look at the first baseman they've had. You, you got Prince Fielder, you got uh, Adam Lind. Look at, I mean, even uh, Daniel Vogelback, Rowdy Telez. Uh, they the Brewers have a type with first baseman, and Dillard just he seems to fit that type when you look at him. You know, just just your typical big lefty slugger. Yeah, well, he's a switch hitter too, so he can oh, hit yeah, from that's the right, right side. That's right. So um, he's he's hit some balls uh, right-handed too. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, he's he's got the he's he's right in there. So he looks like a first baseman. That's uh, that's <laughs> it's it's not lying when you're saying that. Yeah, I mean, they, they've tried to make catcher, but I mean, especially with uh, with Matt's favorite Mario Feliciano and. Uh, a lot of other catching depth in the system, uh, finding time there may be difficult, but first base appears to be uh, wide open uh, for sure. And yeah, Dillard really getting on a roll uh, towards the end of his time there uh, in the t- with the Timberailers before moving up. Did, how many home runs did he hit in that final week? It seemed like there were like four of them in that final week with uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think uh, he hit a few, and I think that's what got him the promotion there because I, I, I hadn't heard anything about him getting promoted, but he just kind of went off, and all of a sudden uh, he's on his way to, to Biloxi. And I know that uh, Garrett was really happy about that because um, down in Biloxi, they, the fans down there, they'd seen all these Mississippi State guys like Ethan Small come through, and they're like, oh, and I know there's a Mississippi guy here, so send him down when you get him, and now he's got him. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's – yeah, he just got on a tear, and it was uh, just it, there was no denying him getting called up. Yeah, going back home to the to the state of Mississippi, really, really good for him. And yeah, they they've had Brandon Woodruff, Ethan Small, all those guys come through, and now they get an Ole Miss guy in Dillard. Um, but speaking of guys who just kind of went on a tear and earned themselves a call up, Joey Weimer. <laughs> this dude has been insane for like three weeks or something now. Like the final week or two. With uh, the Mudcats just went off in his final like six games, he went he hit four home runs, including two walk offs, and and one of them was a grand slam. He knocked out one of the lights in the light towers, like absolutely insane. And then I look at his numbers uh, before we start recording here. I look at his numbers with the Timber Rattlers in 15 games. He already has seven home runs and is hitting 400. With an 855 slugging and a 1322 OPS. I mean, this dude has been insane. What's it been like seeing the first 15 games of Joey Weimer in high A? Well, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the tweet that the Rattlers put out with his first home run as a Timber Rattler, but uh, it left me speechless. Um, it was... <laughs> It was something else. Greg had warned me. He's like, you're really going to like this guy. And he's got a lot of power. And you, you hear that and you're like, oh, okay, well, no big. And he hits the first home run. And I'm like, my God, <laughs> this is <laughs> this. Wow. Um, but, and he's just kept hitting too. And he does not get cheated with his swings. Um, he gets out there and I, I was standing down uh, watching batting practice one day and he's just taking warm up cuts and, Usually, you know, guys just take warm-up cuts and they're just, okay, I'm loose, I'm loose. And you could hear the wind uh, off the bat as he was cutting through the air with how hard he was swinging. And he, usually you hear the pitchers do that little grunt when they they put a little extra on the fastball. Mm -hmm. You can actually hear Weimer have a little grunt when he swings the bat. So, and he'll do it on breaking balls too. I mean, he'll be okay. He's got it able to time it up and gets a good swing there. And the, the fans in quad cities last night, um, they were starting to get on him because he was swinging so hard, but he wound up hitting a, a home run on the first pitch of the game in game two. And he wound up with three hits in, in the second game yesterday. And, 
Um, you know, he's another one that's uh, it's just the, the the Rattlers and the the Brewers system, it, the outfield uh, from our level on up right now. It's just an embarrassment of riches, and that's <laughs> a great place to be for a Brewers for a minor league system for any minor league system. Because there's a lot of guys that are performing extremely well. Um, the, the key will be to carry it out over a full season instead of over a, a month or, or a six-week period. So, but yeah, it, Joey Weimer, um, you know, he's. You asked about Joe Clark. Joey Weimer already is getting Joey chance because of how far his home <laughs> runs have flown and how frequently they have been happening at the ballpark. And that was just for a quick little six-game homestand before we. Went on the road here for two weeks. So uh, I know he was really popular down in Carolina, too. Uh, must be something about the name Joe in the Brewers system. <laughs> um, before we kind of move on to the pitching side of things, any other players that we haven't mentioned yet that um, fans kind of need to know about? Um, boy, I would just, uh, you know, I, I would assume that you guys have already talked about uh, Freddie Zamora and, uh, you know, uh, Freddie Zamora and Felix Valerio and Xavier Warren with with Greg last week, but um, whatever if if Greg gave them the seal of approval, I would definitely agree on that. Uh, Freddie Zamora, his first games as a Rattler have been this week, and uh, he's been very impressive. Um, Felix Valerio already has like four home runs here, and you know he's only five 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 six. I mean he's not a tall kid, but he's uh, he's right up there with uh, home runs and extra base hits and. Xavier Warren has played third, he's played first, he's caught, and he's hit the ball and hit it with some authority and getting on base as well. So um, some of those new guys coming up have been fun to watch, and uh, we'll uh, definitely see how they progress here over the final uh, three, four weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, Valerio, I mean, with what you know, Greg was saying, like that, that promotion seemed kind of overdue. Uh, for Valerio and yeah what four home runs now in his first few games uh, in his first nine games with the Timber Rattlers just four home runs five doubles um, absolutely uh, insane and you mentioned not a big guy um, another um, guy not also not super big Nick Kale has been down there for a while he's listed at 510 I saw him I don't really buy it do, do you is Nick <laughs> Kale 510 if that's what the program says, <laughs> that's what he is. Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I did want to mention LG Castillo, too. LG, uh, mm. he's had a really nice development this year. Again, not getting a lot of playing time because of uh, all of the, the outfield prospects that have come through. But um, I did want to mention LG because he's been not just when he's in the game, he does something every time he's in there that makes you stand up and take notice. And the, the, his teammates love him too. He's such a great teammate. He's, he's out there. He's encouraging guys. He's uh, helping out where he can. He'll go down to coach first base and he keeps it loose. And I just wanted to, to mention LG because he's been, he's been a fun guy to be around this year and, and to see where he was in 2019, where he was going through some injuries and going through some rough times um, really see him put it all together this year. And, and you know, I, I think uh, we'll we'll see how he develops over time as well. But uh, I did want to mention LG. Yeah, another outfielder as well. <laughs> just <laughs> exactly. just an, a, like you said, an embarrassment of riches uh, in the outfield uh, for the Brewers and for the Timber Rattlers this year. So uh, let's get into the pitching side uh, here, as Matt mentioned. And, you know, perhaps not as much uh, in terms of prospect names on the pitching side, uh, but you've had some interesting arms come through. Justin Bullock uh, is a guy we talked about a little bit with Greg last week. He saw him for a few starts. You saw him for a few more. And now Bullock obviously has moved up to double A. Um, but he's kind of, you know, cruising his way through the system. What did you see from Justin Bullock when he was with the Timber Rattlers? Well, the thing that stands out about Justin Bullock is when he was pitching with the Rattlers a, a couple of years ago and he had to leave the mound with an injury. And you're like, oh, no, it's just I mean, and he had really scuffled. He had had some tough times. Um, he rehabbed. He came back. He fought back. He, he did some extra work and really did great down in Carolina. And then he wound up with a, a seven inning complete game. One of his first games as a timber rattler. And and to see him come back from where he was at 
um, when he for, when he left the mound like two years ago to where he was when he left the mound after a complete game. I think that tells you a lot about the, the kid and, and where he is and what the Brewers think of him. And I think he has developed uh, uh, some some different stuff in his arsenal. And to see him go up to double A, I mean, three levels in one season as a pitcher is I mean, that's something that only happens. OK, well, he's going to get a call up because we need somebody at double A for a couple of weeks and then we'll send him back down. And that's usually a reliever. No, he has earned both of his promotions from Carolina to Wisconsin and now Wisconsin to Biloxi. And uh, it, it was fun watching him pitch and, and being able to see him just get get a move so quickly up to double A. And, and fans are really going to like that. Yeah, I think uh, David was the one who pointed out uh, last week, that's Drew Rasmussen territory right there to get that many promotions in one season. I mean, Rasmussen, you know, he was a straight fireballer, but had some pitches to complement it as well. Um, Based off what you've seen, you know, what do you get out of a Justin Bullock on the mound? Uh, He'll go out there and compete. Um, He doesn't, I, I didn't really see him throw all that hard. I don't, I'm not. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm not a guy that gets hung up on velocity. It's more about uh, where things are. I mean, because guys can come out and throw 97, but if they don't know where it's going, you're not going to get very far. So, But just his ability to control the game and to pitch, um, just to to go out there and keep the Rattlers in games. And he just did a great job with that. And uh, I'm really happy for for Justin Bullock to get get that call up to, to Biloxi. Yeah, it's been uh, been good for him. You're gonna have a you're gonna be in for a great time when Abner Uribe gets a call up to <laughs> Wisconsin at some point next year. 103 miles an hour and uh, trying trying to locate it, but um, yeah, that's uh, it's it's certainly great to see for Bullock, and uh, you're gonna have a a fun time, I'm sure, with Uribe when he gets up there. Um, another guy I really wanted to to talk about here, uh, Victor Castaneda. Uh, he's had a, a pretty solid season. Nothing super overwhelming in terms of a, at least the ERA numbers. Um, but, you know, he's been uh, consistently there, um, you know, pretty much all season. Um, what what have you really kind of seen from Castaneda, who's kind of a, a sneaky, under-the-radar uh, pro- pitching prospect for the Brewers? He has been uh, hot and cold this year. Um, he started out the season really well. Uh, he sat out about a month there with a little bit of a, a he got sidetracked there, but back on, uh, took him a while to get warmed up. But when he, he's got a splitter, uh, that is a great pitch at this level. And he has been able to get strikeouts with that. Um, he pitched really well against quad cities. Uh, he actually got a complete game of a game that started back in June, back on, on Tuesday when, uh, he was the starting pitcher back in June, the game got suspended with the one out and one on and bottom of the first inning. We started it back up on Tuesday and he wound up getting a a seven inning complete game out of it. And he was just really good against a quad cities team that has, you know, they're, they're hitting as a team, they're hitting over 260, I think almost 270 now on, on the season. So, um, to be able to do that to their lineup was, was something really good. And, um, to, to see him be able to go out and now that he's back in the rotation to go out there every week to, to get his one turn or sometimes two turns in a series, um, he's not going to overwhelm anybody with velocity, but, He's able to hit his spots, and when that splitter's working, he's going to get some outs. So he's probably going to get the uh, the the bump up to Double A next year, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, I, I really like Victor, and you know he he was a reliever with us for all of 2019, and he was actually the starter on Labor Day for the last game of that 2019 season, and he wound up getting the start on opening day in 2021. So um, the the Brewers really like him too. I mean, obviously after the 2019 season, um, they sent him to the Arizona Fall League, and he was an Arizona Fall League Pitcher of the Week down there, and he's been uh, really good with Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, just seeing him pitch every five or six days uh, – it's it's great and and to to see him be able to go out there and keep the team in games and make it competitive is really fun yeah i know another pitcher who seems like he's been pretty solid for wisconsin all year is taylor floyd um sitting with an era in the low threes um he's got eight saves to leave the 
lead the team right now. I feel like as the season has gone on, I've heard his name quite a bit. You know, each week he's, you know, doing good things for the team. Um, what's, what kind of picture do we have with Floyd um, as a reliever there for the Timber Rattlers? Well, he's a reliever for Biloxi now because he got called up and he just picked oh, yeah. up his first save the other day. But, uh, I mean, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is just kind of amazing. Uh, he has got um, – our bullpen coach is Michael O'Neill, and he calls uh, Floyd's slider on uh, a major league pitch. I mean, he has just been able to spot that wherever he wants to and get strikeouts. Uh, he was really good at stranding runners when he would inherit them. Um, and he's, he's out there and he's, he's one of those guys, like he gets that last out in a one run save and he's like showing a lot of emotion on the mound and, um, fastball is, is coming around and he's working on a third pitch for a changeup too. And, you know, he, he was a reliever in college and, you know, a, a lot of prospect watchers that make lists, they, you know, they, they tend to maybe, inflate that for starters and and not look at minor league relievers but i think the brewers have somebody in, in taylor floyd that's going to go out and you know he's probably going to just jump up a, a level after level and uh, just keep going out there and, and getting a lot of strikeouts with that slider and we'll see what happens from there yeah and, and i mean you can work your way up into a into a big league bullpen i mean the brewers have had a shuttle with their bullpen going back and forth for uh, a while now, a lot of different guys riding it. And as you mentioned, that strikeout to walk ratio, 72 strikeouts, 22 walks, and just 48 and two-thirds innings. I mean, that's that's a lot of Ks. And, I mean, it's been uh, it's a really strong performance there for for Floyd out of the bullpen. Yeah, and and to tell you the truth, I'm surprised we had him as long as we did because he was dominant coming out. Uh, and he would pitch. He was one of the rare pitchers in the minor leagues that would pitch back-to-back days. Um, so, you know, he would pitch multiple innings on back-to-back days, too. So because his pitch count would stay so low because he would be able to come out and, you know, get a couple of strikeouts and have a 12-pitch inning. And then he would come back the next day and, and throw another 12, 14 pitches, and that would be it. So uh, if, if you can go out and be consistent and you can go out and be durable, um, you're going to have a place in, in professional baseball. And another guy that's been uh, consistent and solid out of that bullpen for you guys this year, Harold Chirino, another guy with, you know, low threes, ERA, uh, 28 games. He's, he's got four saves of his own. Uh, also, not much for walks, uh, a decent amount of strikeouts and 41 and two thirds, 59 strikeouts. Um, what have you seen out of, out of Harold Chirino in that bullpen for you guys? Harold is uh, just uh, he's he's had uh, a couple of times where he's been dinged, but he will always take the ball when he's called on and go right back out there the next time. And, you know, sometimes against the same team and just go out and just get after it. Um, He's a mid 90s with the velocity. And I know I said I don't pay a lot of attention to velocity, but he's also (laughs) got some movement on that. Um, And the the. The coaching staff here really likes him, and I think the Brewers player development really likes him, too. I mean, they let him go play for Venezuela in the Olympic qualifying tournament. I know he was part of the the heartbreaking loss for Venezuela in the second chance uh, uh, tournament down in Mexico, and he came back uh, from that, but, you know, he's kind of shaken that off and really gotten after it here, and, you know, Harold's another guy, you know, he he missed a couple of years with injury, so and he's been back and forth and up and down, and um, to be able to come back out and reestablish himself in the system, um, he, every time he comes out the pitch, it's, it's you know something's going to happen, and, and usually it's good stuff. And then to keep with that uh, bullpen trend, a guy you got um, after just a few appearances in Carolina, Evan Reifert, um, he has really only had, I would say, you know, one rough game. Um, only gave up one earned run in August, it looks like. One earned run in July. He is on quite a bit of a roll. Um, he's got now a sub-two ERA. Um, yet another solid arm out of that bullpen. Definitely. Uh, Greg gave me a little bit of a scouting report. He's like, oh, you got to see this kid's slider. I'm like, oh, okay, well. And then he showed me like some highlights of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this can probably play in in, <laughs> in what used to be the Midwest League. His first outing with us, though, um, he really got knocked around. He just 
didn't didn't have a feel for the slider. It was all over the place. He wound up walking a bunch of guys, gave up some hits. He uh, wound up uh, getting a blown save in South Bend in like the 12th inning of a game where the Rattlers had taken the lead in the top of the 12th and gave up a couple in the or three in the bottom of the 12th or two in the bottom of the 12th. And it was just a heartbreaking loss. But he is uh, shaking that off. And uh, like you said, two earned runs in his last 16 appearances. Um, he has just been really good. And uh, I I'm, I'm, don't seem to have it in front of me here, but his uh, he's inherited um, quite a few runners lately. And he's only let like one of them score. So um, he's been a nice job coming out of the bullpen in those fireman situations where he's got to put it out and uh, his strikeouts, uh, he was in, uh, Cedar Rapids last, we were in Cedar Rapids last week and he was pitching in front of friends and family because he's from Iowa and he just was unhittable and it was, uh, it was something else. And when he is on, um, it's just, we talked about Taylor Floyd with a major league slider. I think, you know, the same thing was said about Evan Reifert and his slider and he's got uh, mid nineties velocity too. So, um, just needs to stay consistent uh, finish the season strong, go into the off season uh, and be serious. And um, you could see him really shoot up the system next year. It seems like not too long ago, the Brewers had like almost nobody who could throw in the mid nineties. And now they just got guys coming out of their ears, <laughs> just throwing 95, 96, you know, whatever with nasty sliders or, or splitters or change-ups or something like that. Like, it's ridiculous what they've been able to do with this pitching development. Yeah. Well, it's, it's true with all of minor league baseball. I haven't seen this many guys throw mid and high nineties at the, you know, and I know we've jumped up a level, but you know, usually it would be like one or two guys on each staff that could hit that. Um, and the rest were all like low nineties or, you know, high eighties. And you were hoping they would maybe turn into Jamie Moyer or something like that. And, and that was with every team in the Midwest league, but now it's just kind of amazing. I think, I think uh, a lot of the pitching techniques have, have improved. The, the conditioning has improved. The, the weight techniques have improved. And uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the, 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 the brewers have kind of embraced that driveline, um, you know, going outside and helping for stuff. And, uh, a lot of other systems have as well. So the velocity is going to keep climbing. Uh, I want to say there's going to be a limit where nobody's going to be able to throw any harder than this, but you know, that's, that's not true. So guys are probably going to be throwing about 110 in 15 years. So <laughs> I don't want to be in there to hit that. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds horrible. You already, like I said, you already got Uribe coming up next year. So uh, plenty of stuff to look for there. One more pitcher I want to talk to you, uh, I want to ask you about, uh, has kind of worked his way up. Carlos Lunas wasn't really a, a super big name, um, but he came in, had nine games with the Timber Rattlers, had a 179 ERA, was part of a no hitter, uh, if I recall correctly, down there uh, or up there for Wisconsin. Uh, what can you tell us about Carlos Luna and and his rise through the system? Well, I'll tell you about, you know, that this is a story about never giving up uh, on a kid or a kid giving up on himself because the Brewers actually released Carlos Luna in 2020. And so he was out and not around. And then all of a sudden the Brewers needed somebody in 2021. They signed him. Uh, they sent him here to Wisconsin. And, you know, we didn't know what to expect. And he goes out and like his first time out, he threw like four scoreless hitless innings with nine strikeouts and it's like oh okay well let's see how this plays and then he uh was part of the no hitter with justin bullock a nine inning no hitter in south bend uh, he he threw the last three innings or four i think it was the last three innings um and just was able to celebrate that and i mean and he's not an older kid either from what i remember so um the the brewers i i think he was just a, a case of the numbers with all of the minor league teams going away last year, you know, at the, the pioneer league level and, and there, but when they saw an opportunity to bring him back, they brought him back. And, you know, I, I, I told Garrett down in, in Biloxi, I'm like, oh, and he's not going to wow you with any one thing, but he's going to go out there. He's going to throw strikes and he's going to compete. And right now that plays in minor league baseball and uh, just being out there. And, and I mean, he's, 
he's been very consistent taking those numbers from Wisconsin up to Biloxi to the double A level. So it's it's a great story that uh, I think more people should learn about. Yeah, it throw strikes is exactly what he does in 40 and a third innings, 48 strikeouts, six whole walks. So that is that is a ratio you just love to see. And, you know, and stories that you love to hear about is something that you get a lot of in the minor leagues. Not that, you know, a person in the majors can't break through out of nowhere, um, but you get a lot of these kids. I mean, even, you know, Reifert was an undrafted free agent signing um, last year, you know, kind of seemingly under the radar and was doing great things for Wisconsin. Um, it You really get to get attached to a lot of these players at the minor league level. Yeah, I mean, some of my some of my favorite guys are guys that are those undrafted guys that stick around for a long time, or the low draft picks that that, that stick around that maybe don't make it to the major leagues. But uh, you know, there's there's always fun uh, to, fun stories in the minor leagues that uh, doesn't necessarily end it at the major league level, but uh, they're great stories nevertheless. Absolutely. Uh, are there any other pitchers that perhaps we haven't talked about? Um, that you think about having uh, strong seasons or, or might be uh, overlooked at all? Well, I did want to bring up Brady Shanuel. He was the draft pick out of uh, Iowa, and I am going to pull this number up because it's just kind of a, a crazy number. And uh, if you'll just bear with me here, uh, Shanuel has inherited 23 runners this year in 29 games, and he's only allowed one of those guys to score. So, I mean, wow. he, uh, I mean, sometimes at this level guys come in and they'll have a, you know, a couple of runners on base and, uh, I'll just give up. I'll, I'll do what I can, but if I just get a sacrifice fly here, or if I just give up one of these runs, it's not going to count against me. It's just going to go against this guy. And Shanuel just goes out there every time. I mean, there've been times where he's been, out there with the bases loaded and nobody out and he does his job and keeps them, the other team from scoring. Um, and just it, they keep putting him in that spot and he keeps succeeding. And when that happens, um, people at, at the development level will take notice. I remember somebody had asked me about, uh, about where the inherited runners, uh, stat is. And I'm like, oh, and it's right in the game notes. It's there every day. And then they go, oh, there it is. And then they're like, Shanuel has <laughs> really done that. And they're like going, yep, yep. So, um, but yeah, but Brady has, uh, just been fun to watch and compete every day out there when he's called on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love to see it. And, and yeah, it's certainly a, a best friend of the other pitchers, uh, on that staff, not seeing those runs get, uh, get charged against them. And, yeah, if you're Matt Erickson, that's that's the perfect guy to bring in in, in any uh, situation with runners on. So uh, if you can make yourself uh, available and, and get yourself a job and do it well, you can you can find your way through the minor leagues. That's exactly what it's all about. All about. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Chris Meering, play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Thanks so much, man, for for hopping on this week and uh, and joining us, man. It was a lot of fun. All right, David, Matt, thanks a lot. Uh, Hopefully we see you out at the ballpark on the last couple of weeks or some of the listeners can come out there and check out some of the guys that we've talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get get to one more game. I want to see Joe Gray and Joey Weimer. I want to see those guys. Um, But all right. That'll do it for us this week. Be sure to follow Chris Meering on Twitter at C Meering. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DGasper24 and Matt at MKEMatt13. Follow our podcast account, of course, at coldbrew underscore pod and reviewing the brew at reviewing the brew. There's no I in the in the ing. I don't I don't know why they made it that way, but that's that's just what that's just what they gave us. So uh, be sure to follow us on, on all our Twitter Twitter accounts. Follow Chris. Uh, and follow the Timber Rattlers. They got some great stuff going on there. Uh, we will be back again next week with another look into the Brewers minor league system, this time taking a trip down to double A. So we'll be talking with Garrett Green uh, next week as we continue our tour throughout the Brewers minor league system because the Brewers at the big league level, well, they're up by a lot over the rest. So it's been great. It's been fun. <laughs> Uh, We'll see you next week for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.